uh, right before our speaker comes, um, I, I want to just do a little recap of our Wednesdays that have been taking place here in the month of January. This all is is under the big banner of begin. Everyone say begin. All right, about three people. Everyone say begin. Okay, praise God. So you have to start somewhere and you have to begin. So we have discussed relationships, beginning healthy relationships, or not even not even just to begin, but how to how to enact uh, a healthy relationship. And from the very start, we, we talked about beginning with the word and applying the scripture to our life. We always begin. And, and if you don't start right, sometimes it's difficult to get back on track. Um, but there is a way to recover. So per our desire here, we're looking for three levels of health. Spiritually healthy people. I want to be spiritually healthy. That's me and God. Emotionally healthy. That's my relationship with, with other people. That's very horizontal. So the first one's vertical. The second one's horizontal. And the third is internal. My, my internal uh, uh, health. And the greatest part is constraint. It's, it's how I deal with with what I have in my hand. Financially healthy is critical. And the financially healthy person is a person who exercises the principles of the Lord. When you're in financial health, it, it has a bearing on everything else. It has a bearing on our spiritual life. It has a bearing on our relationships. And so it doesn't matter what age you are, you can attain uh, a spiritual health and an emotional health, and a financial health, uh, internal health, you can, you can work on that. And much like a diet or a, a, a different way of life, um, our finances need to be uh, controlled. We, we need to be able to dictate what we're doing in our lives, not only for our giving, but because there's accountability with God. So tonight, Brother Duffy Elkins is going to be teaching um, to this begin and it's important to begin, and and if and if you need to start over, then you're gonna then you're in the begin again category. So I don't know how many people are like that, but if you need to begin again, okay, let's let's start over, and let's try it one more time, and let's see what the Lord will do in our lives when we follow the principles of the Scripture. So, okay, everyone said Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Duffy, come, and we're very thankful for Brother Duffy Elkins. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Everybody say March 19th. Anybody know what that is? It's the first day of spring. First day of spring, and so we're in this period of time right now, weather-wise, where I think maybe uh, our worst weather, hopefully, is behind us as far as temperatures and and uh, maybe some snow and freezing rain and ice, and now we're in this period where it's heavy, dense fog. It's treacherous, right? But... Uh, on the other side of that, hopefully there's sunshine and April showers, bring May flowers and, and spring. Amen? So I'm speaking tonight, as Pastor said, uh, continue the begin series. Tonight, I'm covering, going to cover three topics from the begin series. Uh, order, budget, and sacrifice. As I uh, started to study about this lesson and started to uh, pray about this lesson and, and dig in and, and research pertaining to these topics, what seemed to me at first to be not three separate topics, but somewhat uh, delicately 
uh, stitched together. What I found was that they're more fitly joined together than what, what I had, had uh, first imagined. So I hope that this evening, as I present and teach on what I've been impressed to say, that at the end of this, that you will say, okay, I get what he's saying. I understand these three concepts, and, uh, and it'll help us in our lives. You have a handout tonight, and um, so you'll see blank uh, spaces in that handout that you can fill in, and uh, there's a lot of them. Um, some I filled in for you because I thought they were so important that I didn't want you to miss them, so I filled it out for you. Order. Order is defined as the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other according to a particular sequence, pattern, or method. I like the secondary um, definition. Order is the planning of time and organizing of resources as well as society. Order. How many like, how many of us like order? Amen? We like order. In 1726, a 20 year old Benjamin Franklin, he created a list of virtues, 13 virtues. His idea around that was he was trying to, they say, develop his character. And he felt like that these 13 virtues were things that he would study, he defined, would study, and would apply to his life. One of those virtues, was order, right in the middle. If you, if you pull up Ben Franklin's, you pull up the internet, Ben Franklin's 13 virtues. Order sits right in the middle. And it reads, let all things have their places. Let each part of your business have its time. Right? Do we understand that? Let all things have their places, so organized. Let each part have, uh, each part of your business have its time. So it's the where and the when of order, right? Now we will go from Ben Franklin and we'll talk about some biblical references concerning order. I like the book of Corinthians. And we're going to read from the 14th chapter, but before we do that, I want to set a little context about the book of Corinthians. Two letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. But maybe what we don't know is a little bit about Corinth. Corinth, at the time, Paul's day, was said to be the most important city in Greece. In studying about Corinth, I would liken it today to uh, a modern-day uh, from a commerce standpoint, which was what Corinth was, a big commerce city. I would liken it to Hong Kong, where there's a lot of industry and commerce business going on. Corinth was a hub, a worldwide commerce, but of degraded culture and idolatrous religion. Paul founded a church there. You can read about that in Acts, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 17. It's very, very enlightening scripture text where Paul's talking about founding a church. And two of his letters are addressed unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. 1 Corinthians reveals the problems, pressures, and struggles of a church called out of a pagan society. Paul addresses a variety of problems in the lifestyle of the Corinthian church. And thus, what gives us the first two books of, of Corinthians. And I direct us to the 14th chapter of the book of Corinthians. Now, in several places here this evening, I have, I have um, for your pleasure and for understanding, I've included not only... King James Version, 
um, scripture, ref- referencing just that, but also always uh, as well the the NIV and some uh, some uh, of these scriptures, and also the NLT, because I think it has, helps us with our understanding. So, in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, uh, I will read verse thirty-three in the NIV version. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregation of the Lord's people. Amen? We're talking about order. You can imagine that Paul, founding a church, and he's trying to set up order in that church, in a place that I imagine maybe disorderly, fighting against a lot of things, right? Fighting against a lot of things, trying to win people. If you, if you read the uh, Acts, read in Acts, uh, he, had, he, had, uh, he developed friendships there. He founded a church. So you can imagine that was a, an uphill climb for Paul, right, to set order in the church. He goes on into verse 40, and it says, still the NIV uh, version here, the NIV uh, text, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. He's talking about the operations of the church again. You'd have to read the whole chapter to get kind of the context of what he's taking. But my example is order. He was setting things in order. If we read in Psalms, uh, the 37th chapter of Psalms, verses 21 through 31, in that, in that psalm, it's pointing out the blessings of the righteous. David, in that portion of Scripture, describes not only their blessings, but also their character and conduct. You read in Psalms 37 and 23, NIV version again, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. He's talking about order. Ordering those steps. In the King James Version, they actually use the word ordered. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. You probably recognize that. You've heard that a lot. I believe there are three elements to order. Now, this is me talking, right? Those, that first element is structure. I believe to have proper order, there has to be structure. Structure is defined as design, plan, and build. This is a structure. This building is a structure. Ephesians 4 and 16 in IV, ver- IV versions says, verses said, From him the whole body, jointed and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. Joined and held together. I'm reminded when we think about structure. Uh, my son denied his homesick, but I'm going to relay a story about him. When Mason was uh, two or three years old, and he, he, he couldn't, uh, he didn't have total command of the English language yet. And so, um, and there was something, I don't know the, the particular instance or what exactly was, was being said, but, but he was... He was receiving some correction from his parents, and he was very frustrated at us. And um, in a very clear, distinct um, presentation or communication, he said, I need to know the rules. I have to know the rules. Now, at two or three, for those, for you parents, you, you don't at that time fully understand maybe the personalities of our children or how they're going to develop. But then and there, I understood who Mason was. Right then, I understood, okay, Mason likes guardrails. He likes structure, right? Things are black and white for him. And if you know Mason today, you would know that that's true, that those things are true, that he plays by the rules, he likes structure, right? Things are black and white in his world. 
And so that's what I think about when I think of structure, is that, is that building of the order, right? We want to, to, for order to happen in our lives, there has to be some structure, right? So what is structure? What is that? Well, in our homes, structure can be, uh, maybe, can be a certain bedtime for us and our children. Maybe it's uh, one of the things that I I recall in in my childhood is is, uh, my dad was self-employed and and, um, his his work day was somewhere around 7 o'clock and it ended most times around 3.30. So he got home at uh, most of the time he was working there in Bloomington or around. He'd be home by 4, and our dinner or supper um, was from 4.15 to 4.30. That was when it was, every day, every single day. Today, in our home, structure-wise, um, my work day ends sometime around, uh, it never really ends, but it, it, it ends officially sort of, uh, uh, supposed to end at like 5 or something around there. So I, I get home. Uh, after that, and um, so supper is, or dinner is 5.30 to 6. That's structure, right? Structure. Structure may be uh, how we treat each other in a home. Rules about how we engage with one another, right? Um, Structure can be about places that is okay to go or places that are not okay to go. Maybe activities that are okay to participate in or activities that are not okay to participate in. Right? Structure. Structure builds up to order. Order in our lives. Um, the next, the next uh, part of order that I like is, is process. Process, I define it as a series of changes in, de- in developing or, or act or, uh, or way of doing something. Um, in the scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, um, NIV, NIV again, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Process. I I love what Brother Foster says. If you've been to his class or you've heard him teach, you have heard this. And that is, and and I'm probably going to get it wrong now that I said this, but it is that we are are not, we're, we're in the process of being saved. We're working towards that. We're working towards Salvation. So it's process. It's a, it's a process. So how, how does how does process? We have structure now. Now process. So what's so what is process? Process may be um, repetitive things that build structure and build up to order. Uh, those could be making our bed. Brushing our teeth, combing our hair, right? Um, things that we do repetitively each and every day that start to bring order, right? Foundation, right? Foundation things. Um, the, the last part of, of order, the, the last element, I believe, is clarity. So we have order, we have uh, structure, we have um, process, and now I believe that third part of order is clarity. Um, Clarity which eliminates chaos. Chaos is not our friend. 
in our lives, in our homes, in our jobs, any walk of life, chaos is not a good thing. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 again. Or it, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. No confusion with him. So I have to tell, I have to tell on myself as I was studying this, I have to relay to you my Sunday morning, past Sunday morning, because it fits. And maybe, and maybe it happened just because I was going to teach on a Wednesday night. You're going to laugh, right? I'm going to be embarrassed. But I, I, I guess that um, you know, we, live, we live in Bloomington. We travel a uh, little over an hour, an hour and 10, an hour and 15, an hour and 20. depends on traffic or fog, uh, how long it takes to get here. So it isn't. It, if church starts at 10.30 on a Sunday morning, I'm, we're, not, we're not making the decision to get ready and start out, uh, pick our clothes out, you know, making sure the cars are grassed up, whatever it is, right? We're not, we're not making that decision at 9.45, right? That's not going to work, right? So it's, it's routine. It's an intentional decision that the night before, okay, hey, everybody got their clothes picked out and ready for in the morning. We, we know what we're going to wear, right? Uh, we've got to make sure that the dogs are, are, are put where they're supposed to be, right? So we've got to feed the dogs. We've got to put them where they're supposed to be. We've got to take care of the dogs. Hey, are the, are, the, are, are the vehicles gassed up, right? Do we have enough gas to get there, right? So it's all these things. So we're, we're in a very orderly fashion. We're figuring all these things out, and it's routine. It's a process because we do it all the time, all, all the time. We do it. So here we get to Sunday morning. It is cold Sunday morning. It's at my house. It's 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 around zero. It's it's uh, negative maybe something. I, I don't know. Uh, my truck sits outside, unfortunately, um, in the garage. We have a three car garage, but my truck sits outside, and uh, that's a big sacrifice. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. Uh, I have to be here. Uh, I'm going to be here. I don't have to be here. That sounds bad. I'm going to, I'm, I, I'm going to I get the opportunity to be here uh, most of the day because I have a board meeting after church, and then there's student life that night, and you know, Marley's going to be here, and, and so we're going we're gonna to stay. And, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm geared up to be here for several hours, and, uh, and that's fine. You know, Brother Derek's going to help me out with, a, with an apartment to, to stay in, and everything's good. I love Brother Derek, by the way, because that is order right there. That is order. Thank God for Brother Derek. Um, I tell Brother Derek when he's gone uh, that we barely had church when you're gone. I mean, it's it's just it's just uh, it's just it's it's uh, it's amazing that we can pull it off, right? With you not here, and I, and I I know that sounds facetious, but I'm I'm really kind of serious. Um, but anyway, so I, I I get in my truck. I've got things to put in my truck because we're taking two vehicles, which is not what we like to do, but what we had to do, and it's fine. And uh, I'm, I'm throwing things in my truck. I've started up my truck, right, because uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good dad. You know, I've got one of the daughters. Uh, Madeline's going to ride with me, and I want to be warm for her to get in. And, and, um, and so we've got stuff in there. And I know the doors are a little, you know, not acting quite right, okay? And uh, I have trouble with the, the, the driver's side door, but I, I get it open. And then the, the rear passenger door, I, I throw stuff in there. It opens up, seems seemingly fine, but... It's not latching real good. And um, so my mind kind of is kicking into gear. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proactive problem solver. That's what I, I self-proclaim, proactive problem solver. And, um, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, that's, that could be a problem, could be an issue, right? And, but I'm not, I'm, not, uh, uh, I'm not stressed out yet, right? I'm still in, in order. And... Um, so we get in, and uh, we're leaving, and, and uh, Krista and, and uh, uh, Marley and Mason, they're in the other vehicle, and, and uh, we're pulling out first, and um, the door flies open. And uh, now I'm thinking, well, now there's a, there's a serious issue, and um, I, this not, may not be something I can solve just right, right now. And because I've, I've got to 
get to where I'm going, right, and I'm, I've got a window in which I've got to be there to be, be on time. And, and if you know, know Mason, he's going to be on time, right? Because if you tell Mason, hey, church starts 1030, he's going to be here at 1030, right? I mean, there's, and, and, and I'm, we're sort of the same way. We're going to be here, right? And uh, so uh, I get out, and, um, uh, you know, I'm sliding around because uh, I've cleaned off half my driveway, not the whole driveway. I'm sliding around in my shoes and uh, trying to get to the door. I get to the door, and uh, I'm trying, you know, to not break anything, and I'm fiddling around with whatever, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking it's kind of partially latched, and I know there's a light on the dash that says you've got an open door, but I'm thinking, mm, maybe it's just latched enough to go, right? So I, I go. I said I get out, the, uh, I get out the, on the, on the, uh, the, the road, uh, you know, in our subdivision, and uh, yeah, it, it flies open again. It, it's just not going to work. So at that point, I'm, we're sitting there. Chris is uh, there. You know, we're just like at a standstill. What you know? And I, I tell her to go on, go ahead. And we're, so we're go, we're going to retreat. We're going to go uh, park the truck. We're going to get in Madeline's car, and we're going to come to church. So we get into Madeline's car. Madeline's car needs gas. Uh, we doesn't have enough gas. Now, in her defense, uh, she wasn't planning on driving to Terre Haute that day, right? She was planning on driving to the gas station, uh, you know, another day before she had to go to work. And so she had plenty of gas for that, but not enough gas to get to, uh, to, get to Terre Haute. So not a problem, right? We still got, we're still, time's working in our favor. You know, I'm understanding how fast I have to go once I get started, right? I know that. I know every, I know every tree. I know every bump. I know every, we're police, I've been here enough to know what, how, to, how to manage that, right? It's exactly 40 minutes from Spencer where you get to the light. If you want to know, it's 40, 40 minutes. If you go a little faster, it's a little quicker than that. Um, and sometimes I'm going a little faster than that, and, um, even though I try to drive the speed limit. Um, we get in there. We take off. We have to go to the gas station. We, we go to Kroger's down the road. We're going to get, you know, uh, gas there. Uh, we park by the... By the uh, tank. I'm getting ready to fill it up, right? The filling station, right? The, the gas nozzle, the you know, whole thing's there, right? The, the pump, right? I'm searching for the pump, the word. And, um, and I'm re- reaching for my billfold, and, uh, and I don't have it. And uh, I'm thinking, well, uh, that's odd that I wouldn't have my billfold, because I'm driving, and I should have my driver's license, and, uh, and I, I need to pay for gas, and uh, you know, I can't do that. And, uh, you know, there's probably some way I can do it on my phone, but I haven't figured that out yet. And uh, so, um, so I mean, I'm going to have to go home. I'm going to have to go home. It's not very far. I mean, I'm four, four minutes tops, right? And uh, go home. My billfold, you know, is in, in my truck. I get it. We go back. We fill up with the gas. We're on our way. Okay? And so, good drive over. I, I get in. I drop off Madeline. I go park the car. I get in, and the countdown says four minutes and 36 seconds. And I'm thinking, okay, we are good because have, we have all that. Chaos is over. I've, I've figured it out. I go into the re- – I figure I've got a couple minutes to go in the restroom and just make sure that I'm all together. And, um, and, as, I, and as I'm walking in the building, Sister Kendra says, hey, Brother Duffy. And I said, hey, back. I walk into the building, and um, just to, I'm just saying that to show I'm not – we are friends and that I'm not unfriendly, that I'm not you know, I'm a friendly person. And uh, as I go into the bathroom, uh, Brother McLeod is, is there, and, and he's, got his, he's doing the same thing I'm getting ready to do, and that is you know, get, just kind of get things together. He, he, he's there with one, one of the boys. Uh, I walk past it. All of a sudden, my, my right foot, uh, it, it heel, like goes into the floor. And I'm thinking, well, that is odd. There must be a hole. There's got to be a hole in this floor, a drain. I've, I've stepped in a drain or a hole because I'm not looking down. I'm just thinking that that, that isn't right. It didn't feel right. And um, so uh, I take another step and the same thing. So then I look down and the whole heel of my shoe has, has come completely off. And, and not just in a, a minor way. I mean, it came off in a big way, right? And... Um, and I've never seen anything like it, and this has never happened to me in my life. And uh, so I, I go on to the, the other set of sinks, and, and Brother Hedges comes up, and he says, How are you, brother? I said, Not very good. 
Uh, I said, I have had a morning. And, um, he, and he said, what's wrong? He said, I said, my heel, the heel, uh, it's not these shoes, the heel just came off of my shoe. And he said, you know what? <laughs> he said, I've got a staple gun out in the truck. <laughs> uh, and uh, I said, well, I, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, but, to be, but to be honest, and I, and I was considering that, strongly considering that. But uh, to be honest, I didn't think this, the, 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 that would work. And uh, it's the only reason I didn't do that. And so I said, no, I think this is maybe a super glue job or, or something. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, this, was, this was decimated. I mean, I don't know what happened, but it was completely off. And, and like the wood that would keep, I mean, it was completely, I mean, it was like, it was like a bomb had went off in my shoe. And, and I, the cold or something had had something to do with it. So, uh, so I had to, I, you know, I, I couldn't get it fixed. So I thought, well, I, I wonder, uh, could I just, just manage it? And, you know, if, because it's kind of, you know, I'm like a, a little bit like, but if I, if I could elevate my right heel just a bit, you know, could I, could, how, how obvious kind of is that, right? If I could just do that. Um, and I, and I, I, I determined that it was probably, uh, I, admittedly, I've got a lot of pride. When, when Pastor talks about pride, he's, he's talking about me and him. Yeah. Um, and um, so I thought, I, I, can't, I can't deal with that, so I'm going to have to go get a pair of shoes. Um, so I, you know, I went to the closest place I could find, and I, I, I thought I, I looked for anything brown in a ten and a half. And uh, I found something and was able to get back. And I got back, and, you know, uh, and pastor's preaching because it took, it took a little while. And at, you know, at 1030 in the morning, not just not every place is, is open. And, um, and I, I sit down and, and, and pastor said something about, you know, getting our mind on God or whatever. I'm just like, man, you're, I, I am toast because my mind is all over the place right now. Chaos. Chaos. As much as I had done to get order. And I know that's a, a funny story, but as much as we had done to prepare for structure and process, um, it was chaos. I wanted clarity in that moment, but I got chaos. Order gives us peace in our mind and heart. Order brings dignity to our composure. Order helps us use and live our time well. Order makes room for other virtues of growth. You know, I, like I said, these, these topics fit tightly together, I believe. And I think they sort of build on one another until we get to the end and we talk about sacrifice. But... but Church, we have to begin, we've either begun or have to begin to pursue order in our lives. We have to make room for what the Lord wants to do. Let's go on and talk about budget. That's everybody's favorite topic, budget. I think when we think of budget, we're, we're always probably thinking first about our finances. But I just don't want to talk about finances tonight. We will. But I also want to talk about time, budgeting our finances and our time. Budgeting is, is, either could be a noun or a verb. Uh, as a noun, uh, budget, uh, in speaking of maybe finances, is an itemized summary of expected income and expenditure. As a verb which might be apply more to time, to plan to spend money or time for a particular purpose. Budget. That's how I like to think about it. So let's, let's discuss budget first as it relates to our finances. A budget helps to create financial stability. 
and reach larger financial goals. A budget helps track expenses and helps us pay our bills on time. Which I will insert here. I will repeat what I said some about order. Because if you're paying your bills on time, which is orderly, that helps with dignity and composure. Because if you're not paying your bills on time, how many's ever worked um, retail or at a store or something like that? Have you ever? Did you ever work in a time there where uh, people would write personal checks? You know, we got we got a lot of debit cards and credit cards today, and cash is like no more. But where people wrote personal checks, and you had a bad checklist up by the register, and you were to look out for people that came in and wrote would write bad checks because they would just <laughs> go around town and buy a bunch of stuff with a bad check. Um, that's, that's, there's not a lot of dignity in that. There, there, there's, you know, the, the composure is kind of off in that. But, but it, it, it means something for people to pay their bills on, on, on time or just pay their bills. A budget helps us plan for the unexpected and long-term security. The key or a key is sticking, sticking to a budget which helps us live on less than we earn. That's key. You might want to underline that one. Budgeting for financial freedom will lead to peace in our hearts and mind and will prepare us for sacrifice. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, again reading from the NIV, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. In other words, planning and being good stewards of our money and our finances will lead us to a good result. Not doing that, being hasty with our money or careless with our money will lead to poverty. Uh, incidentally, another one of Ben Franklin's 13 virtues is frugality. That's not a word we use all the time. You know, we're not going around, you know, uh, asking each other if we've been frugal today. But it's frugality is another one of his 13 verses. Just thought that's for free. Um, for the purposes of this study, we will consider five simple elements to our budget. Now, this is, um, uh, this is real world stuff now, okay? Um, the first element, I believe, of the five that you should plan on is tithes. You might have thought I was going to say income. No, tithes. That should be our first thought. I'm setting up a budget. Tithes. 10% um, of our gross pay. Remember, gross pay that is returned to the Lord. You've got this written down because I didn't want us to miss it. The next element is net income. This is the income you take home from each paycheck. Now, paycheck is just a, a term. I, I know that that's not the way it works today. It's, it's direct deposit or whatever. But it's um, the income you take home from each pay period. Then for a budget, you have... Fixed expenses. Fixed expenses. So there's, you know, there's an income side, there's an expense side, right? Fixed expenses, these are necessary expenses that remain fixed month to month. This might be your mortgage, right? Um, 
this might be a car payment, right? Things that are necessities that are a fixed payment. You budget those in. Budgeting formats, I mean, you can find them everywhere, and I don't go into, I'm not going into great depth about a format of a budget, right? It's a simple spreadsheet. It's a, it's a form you can download. There's, there's millions of them. Pick one that you like and that you can read. But these are the elements of that. Then we have variable expenses. Um, some might say uh, flexible expenses. I, I, I like the word variable uh, better. These are necessary, key, these are necessary expenses, not unnecessary expenses, but necessary expenses that vary in cost or amounts from month to month. So this is inferring that we're doing this on a monthly basis, and these are, these are things that you're not sure, you're not sure about. These, are, you know, these could be groceries. These could be things that, you know, move up and down, right? It could be, uh, you know, gasoline. It could, could, other things like that that are, that are necessary, but they're variable and that I, I can't predict the cost. So you've got to kind of average those out. And then there's, last but not least, discretionary expenses. So if you have something left over, um, discretionary, discretionary expenses, these are your wants that are not necessary to survive. Okay? Uh, if you've ever been in the class that we've taught here that... Uh, um, I think it's, uh, I was broke, but now I'm not. Um, I know Brother Shock, Sister Shock know that book because they recommended it. Um, he'll talk about budgeting to zero each and every month. Budgeting down to zero. So budgeting everything, right? Uh, we're talking about ex- discretionary expenses. So that, so that's the elements, uh, folks, that's, that's the element church. That's the elements of the the five elements that I believe are in a budget. This is practical teaching right now. Here's the part I like about budgeting. Spend a couple minutes on this. I know time is short. You know, I had like eight pages of notes. I didn't know if it was going to take 20 minutes or three hours. I wasn't sure. So I was going with it, right? Um, I like to talk about income or revenue because I like to talk about work. Uh, not work in my work, but work in general. Work is key. Work is key. Um, I love what the Bible says in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Now I'm reading out of the New Life Translation. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving in Christ. So what we're being told here is work as though you are working for the Lord, but be willing to do what your employer asks, right? As long as it's Godly and Christian, but work as unto the Lord, because it is unto the Lord. It is unto the Lord. It's a blessing to you. I believe young people, young adults, people that are starting out in your careers, you will learn so much that will help you in your church life at work. You will learn about relationships. You will learn about stewardship. You will learn a skill set that you can use for the kingdom of God. And vice versa. I believe that you will learn things in your church life, especially here where we serve. From, from the smallest to the, to, the, to the biggest or oldest, we serve. They, they go hand in hand. And, and let me go further. Um, in, in your take advantage, this is such a a um, a great period to work in, I believe, because 
employers are competing for their employees. Thus, uh, the benefits are so much greater financially than they've been. You can pretty well negotiate, if you're a good employee, you can pretty much name your price to some degree, right? Because they need you. You need them, they need you. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of 401k plans. Take advantage of those things, those benefits, those extra benefits that they give you that for a short time may seem, hey, that's taken a little away from my paycheck or from my, my pay. Long term, it'll be a big benefit to you. So I, I'm, I'm big on work. Um, not to embarrass her, but Madeline is, um, you know, she's in Bloomington. She's going to school, and she, she works a part-time job. And um, she loves to work. Madeline loves where she works, and she loves to work. And um, uh, Krista and I uh, are, um, we, we, we love that she loves to work, and we, we love hearing about her work day. And we love talking to her and coaching her about what she is learning at work. She's learning about her relationship with her boss, her relationship with other people. Uh, she's learning some things just about business, about profit, about uh, people who get hired and people who get fired. All these lessons, she's le they're, they're learning. These are all very good lessons. And we're kind of coaching her and developing her, and, and, uh, and she's growing from that. And, and I know there's young people in here the same way. Those are valuable. Work is valuable. Um, I have worked in my industry for 32 years. I, I, it was 32 years uh, Saturday. Um, I never imagined that I could work someplace for 32 years. But, uh, and and um, I used to think that it was a good thing how long you've been somewhere, and, you know, I found out, someone told me along the way, well, it's really not, it's really not a good thing, because it shows that you just worked in this one place, and, you know, but whatever, right, and um, um, I don't think that's true, but whatever, and uh, so uh, the, the Lord absolutely keeps you in your job. You may not think that he cares about the, uh, those affairs, on, but, but he does, he does, uh, I have been through, uh, we don't have enough time for me to relate it all, but I've been through a lot of things at work. I have, uh, I've been through, uh, we've had strikes at work, and I was management who was negotiating for the company. And uh, things got heated, and I had to have security at my house. I had to send my family away. That happens on the job. I still love work, but things happen. I don't quit. You go on. You learn, right? It was some people that I had a good relationship with were, you know, threatening to come to my house, right? That, that, those things happen. Um, I, I've, been, I've been elevated into, as Pastor talks about being in the room. I've been in rooms, put in rooms where I shouldn't have been. Based on, based on my skill set prior to my, I shouldn't have been there. But I was put in there and succeeded there. That's the Lord. That's the Lord that does it. It's not about me. That's about the Lord. Uh, I sat in a, uh, just recently, now move on. I sat in a conference room in Quebec City, Canada. And um, listening to a leader of our company um, who has different social uh, thoughts than maybe I do or we do. And um, I, I, he was expressing, they, uh, you know, uh, those thoughts for the upcoming year. And uh, as, as they were he was explaining his desires for us as a company, um, I, I was troubled. My, my spirit was troubled. I thought, well, I could, I could think, I could, on the surface, 
what was being said was not uh, bad, but I could see where it was going to be going. I could see down the road that this is just a step in a direction. So, um, you know, I thought about it, I prayed about it, and and um, I thought, well, this is this is you know, we'll see what happens, right? Uh, this was early December, uh, you know, uh, in the stone industry. You know, people that's got time, they, they'll take it off, you know, around Christmas, New Year's, all that. And people were off, and we didn't see each other. And, and um, I go back to work on, the, I think, the second day of January. And a and, um, week afterwards, uh, my boss um, uh, comes and talks to me, and he says, I just want to let you know that such and such has, has, is not with the company anymore. It was the person who had that agenda. And um, it was a shock. But the Lord knows. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to spiritualize things that happen. But I do, I do believe the Lord cares. See, see, on our company, it's a little different. Um, uh, we have several apostolics that work there. Uh, we've, we've, we've hired uh, several apostolics there locally in Bedford, Indiana. And I believe the Lord watches out for his people, his children. J- just as I watch out for my children, or you watch out for your children, the Lord watches out for us. Work. Uh, let's consider the uh, budgeting of our time. In, e- in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, Paul is, is continuing to instruct on how Christians should live out their faith. Rather than imitating the world or being controlled by the worldly things, Christians are to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, in Ephesians 5, 15, 16, and 17, and, and I'm, I'm reading here, um, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Um, King James Version, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Time. Let's think about our time. Pastor said it several weeks ago that the Lord impressed him that in 2024, we've got to sacrifice our time. To be able to do that, we have to budget first. Budget our time. Um, uh, how many people has a cell phone? Could you hold up, hold up your cell phone? You have a cell phone with you. So, uh, I don't know if they're iPhones or Samsung or whatever. I want you to uh, turn your cell phone on. I want you to go to settings. For me, that's that gray gear-looking thing, settings. Under settings, some of you may just, I may be teaching how to use your cell phone. So under settings, there's going to be a, on down there, it's like the, well, i got a, well, shoot. I've got a software update here. I haven't done it. I've got, uh, it's like the one, it's six. Seven, eight, nine, nine, ten, tenth down from the top. It says screen time. Screen time. Now don't 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 gasp or do anything out loud. Don't show it to your neighbor. Don't do anything. This is this is private. But look at that. Now my, mine uh, mine mine comes up daily average. And if I push down at the bottom, it says, see all app and website activity. I, day, it's day still. And I go to the week. Look at that. What do we think about that? You know, it's, it's, um, it's time. What, what we just talked about was be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most 
of every opportunity, or in other, wor in other words, of, of not every opportunity, but of, of your time, making the most of your time for the Lord. Now, the, the thing about the cell phones is, uh, and that's a kind of a, I'm playing a dirty trick on you, right? It, it's, not, it's not how much time maybe you're on this. It, it, it could be uh, what, what you're on here doing or, or when you're on here. Uh, you, know, you may be on here while you're supposed to be doing your structure thing and eating supper. That, me, right? You know, that that's it's. I'm I'm talking to me too, right? It's it's it it it's uh, you know our our, uh, our our back is like curved because you know we're like this, right? You know. That's how it is. I mean, this is this is my tracking personal tracking device from the people I work for, right here, right. This is what this is. It dominates our lives. These things are dominating our lives, and we've got to get ourselves back in order. We've got to start to budget not only our finances but our time with these things. Um, budgeting our time decrease decreases stress. And improves focus. Budgeting our time gives us more energy in our free time. Imagine that. We're not, you know, you got some free time coming up, and now I've actually got the energy to go do something, right? Um, budgeting our time results in a positive rep reputation by eliminating procrastination. Budgeting our time improves self-discipline self and improves the quality of work. Now, lastly, I want to talk about sacrifice. An act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. I think in a, in a biblical sense, sacrifice is giving. It is giving to the Lord what he requires of our time, our earthly possessions, our energy to further his work. Sacrifice is giving giving to the Lord what he requires of our time, our earthly possessions, our energy to further his work. The Lord commanded in Matthew 6 and 33, New Life Translation here, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I put a subnote down there. Our willingness to sacrifice is an indication of our devotion to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the King James Version says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This verse answers a question. How should we respond to God's great mercy to us? The answer is to, be, is to become living, breathing sacrifices, using our lives up in service to God as an ongoing act of worship. When we think of sacrifice, I know we think of finances again, or financial sacrifices. And that's good. There's been a lot of financial sacrifice here to build this building. But it's broader than that. For us to be a living sacrifice 
is all aspects of us. All aspects. Finances are one of those, but it's, but it's broader than that. I, I like the verse um, in Galatians 2, verse 20. Uh, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In this verse, Paul is explaining that to believe in Christ is to be crucified with him and to have him replace our sinful self in you, your sinful self in you. Uh, how many are from the 1990s? You're around then, did you listen to gospel music? If, if you listen to George Strait, then this is not for you. Um, even though I think he was around in the 90s. Um, I love the song, Crucified with Christ. Um, and and the, 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 the chorus to the song, it sort of just repeats the verse that I just read. But the verses are so powerful to this song that, that I wanted to uh, recite it here for you. As I look back on what I thought was living, I'm amazed at the price I chose to pay. And to think I ignored what really mattered. Because I thought the sacrifice would just it'd simply be too great. But when I finally reached the point of giving in, I found the cross was calling even then. And even though it took dying to survive, I've never felt so much alive. And it goes on to talk about crucified with Christ. It's really the verse. And in the second verse, I'll read it. Uh, As I hear the Savior call for daily dying, I will bow beneath the weight of Calvary. Let my hands surrender to his piercing purpose that holds me to the cross but sets me free. I will glory in the power of the the cross. The things I thought were gain, I count as loss. And with his suffering, I identify, and by his resurrection power, I am alive. It's it's a great song. Those are great words. They're certainly um, words that are ordained by God. Church, hear me as I finish here. If we struggle with daily dying, we will struggle with being a living sacrifice. The absence of crucifying our flesh and our will will result in the absence of sacrifice. No submission of our will for God's will will lead to no sacrifice. I don't believe we can truly live up to the Scripture when it talks about sacrifice until we can die daily, till we can crucify our flesh, till we can put ourselves into submission. I just don't believe it works. Because flesh will always get in the way of sacrifice. But let's begin here. Let's begin now. Let's do something different, better. Let's purpose tonight to to prepare for what God has for us and to be used for his kingdom. We will prepare by establishing order and budgeting our resources and time, which in return opens us up for sacrifice 
and to become a living sacrifice. Those things fit together. Order, budget, sacrifice. It's in front of all of us. I hope that you have, that the Lord has impressed you and you feel about this the way he impressed me with it, the way I feel about it. I think these things are integral for our Christian walk right now, in this day, in this time, in this hour, in this church. Amen. I appreciate, appreciate all of you. I love all of you. I'll turn it back over to Pastor at this moment. Well, let's stand together. My goodness. I think it might be good for us to go back over that lesson again in our time. I'm sure it will be listed and posted on the podcast. And it wasn't just practical, but there's so many spiritual elements in that. And we, if we would heed the word and what we've heard tonight, it would change our, change our lives. And, um, so I'm very, very thankful. That was awesome. Let's clap our hands again. Yes, Lord. Amen. Father, I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful for what we've heard. Let the principles and the scripture, Lord, let them sink deep into our hearts, Lord. Help us to begin something tonight, Lord. Start afresh and anew, Lord, to purpose, Lord, ourselves for your kingdom and for your work. And I thank you, Lord, for it. I pray, Lord, that we might live an acceptable life to you, Lord. Let us be found pleasing. I want to be found pleasing before you, Lord. And to exercise diligently what you have given to us. The knowledge, the understanding, the revelations, the truth that you have allowed us to have both in the Holy Ghost, in the doctrine, and in all the Scripture, Lord. Enlighten us, Lord. We have been enlightened. And I pray right now that we would now begin and apply the word that we've heard tonight. Let it be applied this very night. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name.